Greetings, everyone. Mike Cleveland here today again with my brother, Eric Hurt. Eric, so glad to see you, and we're looking forward to doing this podcast together on the Gospel for the Church. Amen, Mike. It's uh, good to see you again, brother, and good to be here with you uh, to go over Lesson 10 together. This is Lesson 10 of the Gospel for the Church. I always like to remind people that you can get this book on Amazon. It's by Eric Hurt, H-U-R-T, the Gospel for the Church. It's one of those books that will become a classic, in my opinion, because of the emphasis on the good news on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's got the message that lasts the test of time, Eric. It's not some fad book, some new teaching, some thing to tickle the ears. It's the message of the gospel that God has given us to give to the church. So this is the book that lasts, brother, and I'm so happy and pleased to be talking with you today. Amen, brother. And you're right. It stands the test of time. This is uh, the message that we've been given. Uh, you know, when a message like this uh, can change uh, a person from the inside out, boy, you know that that is a message that's going to last. This is a message of power and freedom, of love and grace and mercy. I mean, come on. <laughs> How is that ever going to fade away? Yeah, it takes the discouraged and encourages them. It lifts their heart and lifts their eyes. It, it enables us to leave habitual sin behind. It fixes our marriage. It, it's, that's why Paul said in Galatians 3, did the Spirit work miracles among you by works of the law or by believing what you heard? In other words, when you believe this gospel message, the Spirit works miracles and uh, the church is in need of miracles today, brother, and I'm so glad you wrote this book, and I'm looking forward to going through Lesson 10 with you today. Uh, how would you introduce Lesson 10 as we look at it together, maybe share a little bit about why you wrote Lesson 10 and, and what you hope that it will accomplish? Uh, well, I think this is a, this is a key, a pivotal uh, point here in, in the book, uh, in the Lessons. Um, that we can use the gospel. We use the gospel in everything. We use it in mentoring and discipling. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just the key, uh, basically, to mentoring here with Setting Captives Free, and then thinking more broadly and discipling. This is, this is what we continue to teach one another. Um, and this is why you and I continue to come back uh, to the same message, to this gospel message where the power is, um, you know, and sometimes uh, when we're mentoring students, we might be able to get a little sidetracked or we get caught up in something that the student might says and, you know, and the student's looking for real help and, you know, um, I, I need some real something uh, substantial, something of substance. Well, the gospel is it. it. It is it. It's the message. And so, you know, I really wanted to lay out uh, how we can communicate the gospel to someone that's discouraged uh, about witnessing, um, someone who is talking to somebody else, another religion. In this case, that's exactly what it was. It was another religion. Um, and in, instead of winning an argument, instead of getting into a debate, brother, we're gospel ministers. All believers are gospel ministers, ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Uh, and this is the message we've been given. And, and uh, as you stated earlier, this is the message that stands the test of time. The only message that can change the human heart 
that can renew the human mind. And man, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you mentioned that it can heal marriages. Absolutely. And it works on the inside out. And so we don't want to get distracted by winning arguments with other religions or even winning arguments over other doctrines. We want to always come back. We want to always come back to the message of first importance, the message of power, uh, the message of working miracles among us, as you said, the Holy Spirit working in the believer. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's the message that you want to share with the unbeliever, uh, with the believer, uh, with anybody. Um, this message encourages your heart. It changes your heart. It lifts you up out of depression. Uh, it, it just transforms your raging anger into love being poured into your heart and love pouring out of your heart to others. And so, you know, we don't have another message to share. This is it. Uh, this is what God has given us. This is the demonstration of his love on the cross for us in Jesus Christ and the nails that held him there, his love, you know, and, uh, you know, and then we see that Jesus rose uh, from the dead victorious and lives forevermore. And it's just, uh, Mike, this is good news. Uh, <laughs> some people will say, hey, I got some good news to share with you, but Brother, we got the best news ever, and I just love this message and love being here with you. That was wonderful. I appreciate that so much. In other words, we're ministers of the new covenant, and our objective is to win hearts, not arguments. Uh, and so sometimes people can win an, win an argument, but they've lost the war in the soul with that person. And I've, I think I've done that myself, Eric, with other religions in the past and uh, it's really you've helped me to to clarify that our message doesn't change based upon are you a believer or unbeliever are you a jehovah's witness or a mormon or a, you know we have one message to give and so i appreciate that so much so you start off with a student who wrote in uh, to you and said, I'm just going to read this, what he said. He said, I feel so tired and defeated now. Jehovah's Witnesses came to my gate. Lovely people, but what a frustration. How can we get the truth through to them if they think the same of us? In other words, they think we're deceived. They think that, that we need to know the truth. So how can they be convinced? How the, uh, and then they probably think, how can we be convinced? What does one do? <laughs> so, Eric, are we are we needing to study the Jehovah's Witness religion so that we might know how to answer that? I suppose it wouldn't hurt. It's good to have, uh, you know, some basic background in what they believe uh, and so forth. But what answer did you give to this person that wrote in? Well, look, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt to, to learn about other religions and what they're all about and how they started and those types of things. But uh, if we want to cut to the chase and get right to the heart of the matter, we're not being lazy. We're not saying, you know, I'm not going to learn about that. We're just, what we're doing, Mike, is we're running to what is of first importance. Uh, we're running like a, a, a marathon runner and a sprinter combined in one. And, you know, we just have this laser focus on where the power is, where faith uh, can change everything. And so I told him, you're going to be shocked at my answer. We lift up the cross and allow the spirit to apply the gospel to the heart. Mike, that's as simple as it gets. Uh, continue on. It says, uh, as you remember, 
Peter preached the gospel that Jesus died for our sins and rose on the third day. And immediately following these words were recorded for us. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Um, you know, and so this is it. We share the gospel for it is the antidote for everything and everyone. The gospel changes the heart and mind. It changes the inner man without hands. The gospel is where we find forgiveness and hope. It is where we meet our own death and resurrection. Uh, Mike, this is what it means to live a new life. Uh, this was what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. You know, I, I, had, I had many sins in my life, brother. I can act religious. Um, I can, I can do all kinds of, uh, you know, praying, I can read, I can do all sorts of things. I can act religious, I can look religious, I can put up a good front on the outside. And Mike, actually, what I just described was my life. I had sin all over the place. And I was masking it with religion on the outward, but nothing had ever changed inwardly. But brother, when the gospel cuts your heart and heals you when you're crucified with Christ and you raise anew, in other words, when you hear the gospel with faith and put faith in that message alone, that Jesus died for your sins, that he rose on the third day, you will become a new creature. Uh, you will be instantly forgiven uh, and you will be uh, have an instant new identity uh, yeah, some of the changes take a lifetime, but brother, you'll notice that you are a new creation in Christ. You'll notice that something happened, <laughs> a miracle, as you stated earlier, by the Spirit's power in us. And, uh, you know, so we just ran to the cross with this student like we do with everyone else. Yeah, and your, your answer then, um, I'm sure maybe other people are wondering, just like this student was in hearing your answer. So he wants clarification, and he said... So you're saying that even with JWs, the best offense, defense is just the gospel? Let the spirit carry it to their hearts instead of winning the argument? Let the spirit do the talking through the gospel? Let the hearer listen or not? You can almost hear him talking through this as he writes. Um, but, you know, this is um, him asking you, are are you really, is that what you're really saying? You know, we don't have to try to make them understand that their Bible is a wrong translation, that Jesus is really God, you know, and this is important. The Bible teaches this, um, you know, and yet what do we want? Like you said, cut to the chase. Um, so he's wanting clarification. Are you really saying just give them the gospel? Yeah, and I, and I love this because, um you know, it seems that the undertone, you know, what he's looking for is, hey, look, uh, just like I was told that I needed to make a decision, uh, you know, or just speak some words or, or something like that. That's what he's looking for. Um, you know, maybe a, some sort of outward. Oh, yeah, I think that's true or whatever. But this is this goes beyond that. It goes beyond just a decision it has to reach the heart. It has to be by the spirit. Um, and uh, yeah, and I love how he asked the best offense, defense, because that's exactly what the gospel is. It's offense and defense, isn't it? And so um, I, we just told him, you got it, brother. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, we share this message, um, whether we talk to friends or family. Um, I, you know, we were sharing it with a, with a friend, sharing the frustration about his family. I told him he should love those who do not deserve to be loved. 
uh, as God loved us, sending his son while we were still sinners, we were enemies of God, uh, and yet God demonstrated for us in Jesus Christ on the cross, putting sin to death, loving us right where we were at, uh, when we were deceived, when we had no hope. Um, so this was the demonstration, and this is the message uh, that we have for all, brother. Yes, that's an excellent answer. It does help to clarify. Um, you know, we were studying Jonah chapter one in our Bible study last night, and it's this horrible storm has come upon this boat. It's threatening to break up. God's wrath is being poured out um, because of Jonah's disobedience. And the sailors on the boat asked this question, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? And Eric, what they're really asking is, how do we propitiate this God? Mm. How do we make the wrath of God stop? And isn't that what people down through history have been wanting to know? How do we propitiate or, or satisfy the wrath of God? And so Cain came and said, I know, I'll bring a vegetable salad from my garden. Surely that ought to do it. And today we have Jehovah's Witnesses that say, surely all our good efforts at knocking on doors and our uh, perfect life lived in holiness, surely that ought to do it. And what Jonah teaches us is, no, it takes the death of another to stop the storm of God's wrath in your life. And so Jonah stepped forward, raised his hand, volunteered, said, throw me over. I want to die so you can live. And uh, this is what it takes, isn't it, brother, to, um, for people to understand that the wrath of God has ceased. The storm has stopped. The wind is calm in my life now because I'm believing that another stepped forward, Jesus Christ, raised his hand, and of his own accord, sacrificed himself on a cross for you. And as he died, the storm of God's wrath completely calmed. And you and I, Eric, have talked about how we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The sailors could have said that. We have peace with God through Jonah's death. Or it wasn't actually his death, but they didn't know that at the time. <laughs> And, you know, Mike, that's an excellent, excellent illustration of what we're talking about today, that we can go throughout the scriptures, we can see the same message riddled throughout the Old and, and New Testament. It's, it's the gospel message. One went over, one went over and went down into the depths of death, and all those that were there, they had no clue. And yet there was, there was life given to them. There was a storm that ceased. Their lives would no longer be lost. One gave up so others could live. One went deep, uh, and, and the others were essentially raised up. Uh, and it's just incredible how we can go anywhere in the scriptures and see the same message in illustration form. Um, it's riddled through the Bible. Every doctrine in the New Testament is surrounded by this good news. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's incredible. It, and think it, about it, Eric, it's for the Gentiles. You, these people on yeah. the boat have, had clearly said that they were um, polytheistic, right? Everyone was calling out to their own God, 
These were Gentiles. Jews thought of Gentiles as impure, unclean Gentile dogs. So who was it that Jonah stepped forward and said, I'll die for you? It wasn't, you know, the Pharisee of the, the good li living brother Jew. No, it was the impure, the unclean whom he died for or gave his life for. And what, is, what did it bring out in them? Worship. It says, then after the storm calmed down, they sacrificed to the Lord. They vowed to him. In other words, worship. So as Jonah went down into the depths, their hands went up in worship. And, mm -hmm. and this is what happens. We, we want to see Jehovah's Witnesses, experience, all people experiencing this type of worship by watching the man go down into the depths of the sea, Micah 7, verse 14 says, he hurled all our sins into the depths of the sea. Uh, and so you, you look at Jonah going down and you can see your sin, you know, on Jesus going down into the depths of the sea. And uh, this is the message that lightens you. You know, they were throwing cargo off their boat, but it was still too heavy as long as Jonah was on there. But when he went over, oh, all is well now. It's the way we see the gospel, Eric, as you said, in every passage of scripture. There's thousands of these, literally thousands of these stories, prophecies, poems, history of, of this gospel. So how did your conversation work out with this person as you told him, hey, brother, we share the gospel with them? Um, how, how did this affect him and what did it do for his heart? Yeah, let me read uh, just these last two small paragraphs here. It says, our merely human arguments will leave the captive chained up and hopeless. We may walk away excited that we, quote, won an argument and can now boast, quote, in the flesh, while our hearers walk away still dead in sin and without hope. But if we had shared the gospel instead of attempting to win an argument, they could have at least walked away with a seed in their heart, or maybe even be cut to the heart and be healed by the wounds of Jesus. And then the student comes back this way, brother. The power of God into salvation, that's all it takes, and yet it took God everything. We should not get in the way with our own arguments. Let the gospel pierce the heart. What more can we do but just that? Thank you, brother. In fact, even learning just to share the gospel is another burden the Lord lifts from us. In the end, it all comes down to Christ and him crucified. My goodness, brother, when I read that, I was jumping up and down with <laughs> just joy. And I was so excited that, that, that he saw that the gospel was, in fact, the message of first importance. The message that, that, that we're going to speak, the message we're going to share. Uh, the burden lifted from arguing this like you, Mike, you had mentioned that you, you argued with other religions and I did the same thing. I stood on my doorstep and thought that I was pretty good at arguing with them, wanted to convince them that Christianity was the true religion. Right. And yet that was just a futile, that was a burden. Um, yeah. Jesus lifts all the burdens. When we talk about the salvation that he came, the hope that he gives the life the becoming sin, just like in the, in the Jonah story, you know, Jesus went down, down. I mean, he came down from heaven, uh, you know, and um, just, he always kept going down. He became nothing. Um, and he even shed his blood on the cross willingly with our sin 
becoming sin, removing our, our sin and shame from us, becoming sh- uh, sin and shame out in public display, shedding mm-hmm. his blood that we might live, live. Yes, and that, that we might live through uh, in his death uh, because we're going to rise with him in his resurrection. We're going to be new creations. And this is just uh, the message of, of, uh, of first importance. Uh, it's the message of power. Mike, as you said, it's the message that's going to last the test of time uh, because it's from God. He demonstrated it in Jesus Christ on the cross. He demonstrated how much he loves us even when we were so far off. That's just incredible to consider. Who dies for their enemies? Mm. Who raises their hand and runs to a cross and say, I'm dying for these enemies. I'm dying for these sinners. And yet that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And this student, when he saw it, look at the praise Mm. and the honor and the focus, attention and the burden lifted. And those who might be listening now, you, my friend, can have a burden lifted of trying to follow the law and do things, uh, you know, trying harder and doing more and going to every single prayer meeting. Hey, you better not miss one. You know, no, that's not what it's about. It's about what Jesus Christ has done. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he claimed, what did he claim? It was finished. I finished it. I fulfilled the law. I did it for you. Look to me and live. Hallelujah. That warms my heart and encourages my, my soul, my very self, Eric. Um, I, I, I wanted to just read a short quote from Thomas Chalmers. He was an old Puritan. And he said this, now it is only <clears throat> by the teaching of the cross that man can thus delight himself in God and at the same time be free from delusion. See, that's why we preach the cross to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Our objective is not to help them become like us and become better arguers and learn how to win arguments. Our objective is to so lift up the cross before them that it would free them from their delusion because the cross is the only teaching, the only doctrine that God has given by which we can not only be saved, become the friend of God, but be free from error, be free from delusion. Um, You know, and this is wonderful to me, Eric, because next Tuesday, we have a Jehovah's Witness coming to stay with us. And uh, she's the friend of some friends that live here by us. And uh, they didn't have a place for her. So uh, we volunteered. and, And this has been a very productive time with you today to help me remember what's important and what to share with her. So thank you, brother. And thank you, brother. And and that was so well said. And uh, just love doing these with you and, and uh, looking forward to hearing how it goes next week. Well, I have to share with you, we we took, we take our dog for a walk every morning. and, And if he has not eaten before he walks, he'll run through the weeds 90 miles an hour with his mouth open for some reason he likes to collect the the dew on the grass and the seed pods and the weeds and the thorns and he just runs with his mouth open well he's a five-month-old puppy when adults do that you know we we read the jehovah's witness material we read mormonism we read this and we just take it all in 
it shows a lack of being full already, which would prevent that intake. And so our objective, yours and mine, is to so set the cross before people that they might feed on it so that they're full, so that they shut their mouth to all the weeds and all the thorns and everything that is not nutritious. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking time again, lesson 10 today in the Gospel for the Church. Get the book on Amazon.com, Eric Hurt, The Gospel for the Church, and you won't regret it. And get another copy to share with a friend, a neighbor, a relative. And Eric, we will talk with you again next time. Okay, sounds good, brother. Thank you so much.